Hello again and welcome to the February edition of the Green Sheet Podcast. I'm Jeff Lawrence and I will be taking a meander with you through this month's Lynn Parish Council newsletter. It's February 2022. I don't know about you, but has it seemed colder this year? At the time of recording, there is a right hoolie blowing outside and it's raining cats and dogs. It has been dull and murky, but spring is around the corner. And good old Mother Nature is giving us a hint of that with a few snowdrops and crocuses popping up and bulbs nudging their way through the soil. So forget about the weather, grab your favourite brew and enjoy this month's podcast brought to you from Lim in Kent. And in this month's podcast, we have an article on mental health matters and an update on the allotments, news on the Parish Council precept and Kent Police launch their community voice and we have messages from the village and all our regular contributors. So let's get started with February's Green Sheet podcast. Before we get started this month, I'd like to tell you how you can contact us. It's really important to hear your views, not just about the podcast, but on any subject affecting the village or the surrounding areas. So please do use the exclusive email address which is linked to this podcast which is greensheetpodcast at gmail.com that's greensheetpodcast at gmail.com that's all in lowercase letters no dots no dashes or if you are very brave you can send us a voice message which you can access using the link in the podcast description or if you happen to be listening on the anchor fm podcast platform which is what we use to produce this podcast there is a button you can press to send a message and who knows you could be heard loud and proud on a future podcast as always i must add that although this podcast is fallen in village any comments i make are not necessarily the views of the parish council and are my own any decisions made by the parish council are contained in their minutes which can be viewed at www.lim.net that is www.lim.net Right, without further ado, let's get on with this month's podcast. We'll start this month with an article which is on the front page of the newsletter, and it is entitled No Rise in Parish Precept. Now, the decision has been made by the Parish Council to freeze the precept at £35,000 this year. The budget proposal was presented to councillors for the financial year 2022 to 2023 at the most recent parish council meeting in January. Identifying some unexpected income from this financial year due to a probate payment from a village shop, which was donated in a will to the parish, underspend in some areas and the very real concerns about the rise in fuel costs and the cost of living due to hit most households from April, members agreed unanimously to keep the precept at the same level. The precept is the part of the council tax paid to parish councils to run local services, maintenance of assets and deliver on projects. The precept is collected by the district council on behalf of a parish council or town council. Now, in the newsletter on the front page, there is a table which explains in detail how much each household band will pay each month. Um, And just an example, uh, band D households will pay £5.47 a month. Um, well, that's actually spread over the 10 month period because we uh, pay our council tax uh, in 10 monthly installments. So, yeah, that's £5.47 for a Bandy house, um, which is um, pretty much the same as last year. 
Um, there is a slight decrease in the above payments from last year, and this is due to the figure known as the tax base figure, which is used to work out the payments spread across the housing bands. And this figure fluctuates across the years due to the number of homes in the area. Next year's budget can be viewed at the Lim Parish Council website, which is at www.lim.net, or you can see a copy of this on the local notice boards, or you will be able to in a few days' time. Earmarked reserves have been identified to be used for the Queen's Jubilee celebrations, the Lim Airfield Memorial Park, installation of electrical charging points at the Village Hall car park, and health and well-being initiatives um, and also the youth club which hopefully is due to start uh, very soon the playing fields development funds shown within the budget are ring fenced however as this was a grant from various funding streams for that specific purpose now if you want any more information on how the money is spent or if you've got any ideas on how to spend the money you can always contact the parish council through the parish clerk at www.lim.net there's a contact button on the website or you can email him on um, limpc, nearly forgot my own email address there, limpc at outlook.com. We have an update on the ongoing project to get some allotments in the parish and the article is entitled Victory for Future Digging. Uh, the parish council heard at their last meeting that 11 electors from the parish had now requested the provision of allotments in Lim. This now triggers the law under the Small Holdings and Allotment Act 1908, which means that the parish council are bound to find allotments for the parish of Lim. Although this being a statutory requirement of the parish council, members present were unanimous in their agreement to finally work towards finding a location suitable. While the legislation does not impose a time limit for providing land, the council are keen to get this project up and running. Several locations were discussed, including land around the village hall, an area at the end of Berwick Lane, and also looking at areas identified as allotment locations in the master plan for the Otterpool Garden Town. Landowners will now be approached to see if there is an option to use the land within the parish, so we will keep you posted. There have been some further issues with uh, dogs not being kept on leads at the recreation ground at the village hall. And there is an article in the newsletter just to explain what um, action is going to be taken about that. And the uh, article is uh, titled No Protection in Public Spaces or Is There? The Parish Council were informed at their last council meeting that a further incident had occurred where a dog owner was not doing all that they could to control their dog whilst on the village hall recreation ground. When the person was confronted, he admitted he knew of the rule about keeping dogs on leads but did not agree with it. Members, some of whom are dog owners, agreed that this should, should be reported to the enforcement officers at the District Council and the local police community support officer who can issue fines to those not adhering to the public space protection order, which covers this area and also the trim trail. Signs will be placed to remind people of this order. I regularly get emails from members of the public and, and phone calls from members of the public uh, wanting to report faults on the highway and also on the footpaths and uh, overgrown hedges etc and um, in the newsletter this month it does highlight the fact that you can report this uh, yourselves it's quite easy to do uh, the article is entitled it's not my fault but report it anyway faults in the highway broken street lights missing signs can be reported to Kent County Council with a few clicks of the mouse if you see a fault or defect 
overgrowing hedge or impassable pathway, visit Kent County Council website and search for report a fault. Once you've reported the fault, you'll be provided with a reference number. And that means that you can track the progress of the fault uh, you have reported. The other good thing about that, if you are given a reference number and nothing's done, you can then contact uh, the parish council and then we can follow that up if uh, it's not moving along as quickly as you would like. Now, the uh, website, the Kent County Council website, it provides a map which shows what works are uh, being scheduled and which ones are completed and, and the different stages that the uh, faults are. So if you want any information, as I said before, Kent County Council website and in their search field, just put in their report of fault and the rest is pretty self-explanatory. Now we come on to a subject that is in the news at the moment. Um, although just remembering that it is actually February 2022, uh, just in case you're listening to this at another, another time. Um, there have been reports that huge numbers of uh, specifically young people uh, are being referred to the mental health services and the talking um, services uh, to discuss mental health. And uh, in the newsletter this month, there is a, a short article just to try and encourage people to uh, seek help if they need to. And also just to highlight this to others who may be either living with someone who is suffering from mental health or who have friends or even work colleagues that they uh, have identified as maybe uh, not being able to cope at uh, this time. So the uh, newsletter article uh, is entitled Time to Reflect. January into February with its dark murky days and weeks after the excitement of Christmas and the months of uncertainty in life can take its toll on anyone. So spending time thinking about your own mental health is important. There are many places where you can seek help if you are feeling overwhelmed or that things are too much. If you would like a list of agencies, charities or ways of getting help, you can contact the clerk who will send you a copy which includes contact with the NHS, a charity called Release the Pressure and Every Mind Matters. There is also information on Kent and Medway safe havens and emergency mental health provision. In addition, there is information on how to seek help for children and young people. This document is also available on the Parish Council website at www.lim.net. The article finishes just by saying that mental health is important. Uh, you are not alone and there is help out there. Now we come on to a new initiative from uh, Kent Police and the uh, partners working with Kent Police. And it is called My Community Voice. And the uh, tagline is protecting the neighbourhoods of Kent and Medway. Uh, My Community Voice is a new messaging service from Kent Police that helps residents, businesses and community groups across the county keep in touch with their local policing teams. Officers will post real-time messages about local matters that may affect you or your community, such as updates on scams, appeals, antisocial behaviour, events and more. This innovative system is more than just a messaging service. It allows you to reply to the alerts uploaded share information and tell officers about the issues affecting you. You will be able to play an active part in police appeals as well as being kept up to date with what's happening in your local area. Unlike social media, My Community Voice is a secure and personal messaging system that allows you to determine what type of messages you receive and how. The service sends updates about your local area directly from the police officers themselves. 
Superintendent Pete Steinhaus said, my community voice is a great tool that gives the public a chance to get useful information specific to their area, while also being active participants in helping to prevent and detect crime and antisocial behaviour. It gives local communities the chance to decide exactly what information they receive from Kent Police and enables them to be notified via email, text or voice note. Kent Police is committed to engaging with communities across Kent and Medway to help people protect, uh, be protected from harm and My Community Voice can further enable the police and the public to work together to both reduce and prevent crime. My Community Voice will allow Kent Police to hear your voice on the issues impacting you in your community, either through direct engagement with officers, following an alert, or through surveys provided by your local officer to the local community. Now you can sign up and make your voice count. To start getting alerts, register your details at www.mycommunityvoicekent.co.uk. It's quick, simple, and completely free. Now actually I have signed up to this uh, just to see how it works. And you can choose what information you receive, which is very good because um, you could get bombarded with quite a lot of information. Uh, so it is important that you pick and choose what you want. But the good thing about it is that if you do have any information, you can uh, contact your local police officer or your local PCSO directly. Uh, and it, it, it actually does seem to work very well. Now we're going to move on to some local village notices and we're going to start with the Lynn Village Hall Film Club and this is held at the Harry Marjorie Hall. Uh, films are shown every fourth Tuesday of the month uh, except for December. Now the next film is on the 22nd of January 2022 and it is called Fisherman Friends. It's a feel-good comedy set in Cornwall and deals with a band of sea shanty singing fishermen. Oh, you'd have to be careful saying that very quickly, won't you? Uh, the cost is £5 uh, to enter. It includes refreshments and a lucky draw ticket. The uh, people who organise this say they reserve the right to show a substitute film should the need arise or refute admission. Children under 16 must be accompanied by an adult. And just in addition to that, uh, we've been contacted by the organisers of the film club and they are very keen to uh, have some donations or loans of Blu-ray DVDs, not just your normal DVDs. They need Blu-ray DVDs because apparently in the sunshine during the summer months, the <laughs> Blu-rays tend to show up a lot better than the uh, original uh, DVDs. So if you are able to help with that, uh, the Lim, Lim Film Club is keen to borrow or have donated suitable Blu-ray DVDs for use during the summer months. If you can help, please contact Jill on 07846 819 693. That's Jill on 07846 819 693. Lim Table Tennis Group are looking for some new players. So if you have played in the past and would like a game, come along to the Village Hall on any Wednesday between 2pm and 4pm. They are a well-established group and do not play in matches or leagues. It's just for fun, which is what we all need a bit of. So if you'd like any more information on that, you can ring the following telephone number, which is 01303 266 957. 01303 266957. Now, you will recall that over the last few uh, episodes and in the newsletter, we have been advertising the coffee mornings which have been held at St Stephen's Church, uh, the organisers of which have put 
uh, a notice in this month's newsletter saying that a huge thank you to all those who have supported the St Stephen's Coffee Morning so far, be it by making cakes, attending and donating, helping with the organisation and also on the day. They have held three so far and raised the following amount. In September, they raised £421 for Macmillan. In December, they raised £325.20, with £100 of that going to the Pilgrim's Hospice. In January, they they raised £285.80, with £100 going to the Home Farm Trust. So it's going really well. So... uh, Well done to everybody who's organised that and also to uh, everyone to keep going. So please go along to the next one if you can. Uh, They are always fundraising for the uh, church, the grade one listed church. And also, as you saw uh, with what I've just read, they also donate to a charity each month. And just following on from the update from the Coffee Mornings, the next event will be on Saturday the 19th of February 2022 uh, between 10.30 and 12.30pm. And this month's nominated charity is Guide Dogs for the Blind. So if you want to come along, have a bit of coffee uh, and a bit of cake, take a break while you're out for a walk. Uh, you will be more than welcome. The Studying History and Archaeology in Lim group are looking for a new treasurer. Uh, the uh, previous treasurer, Guy Topham, is unfortunately leaving the area in February and they are seeking a new treasurer. The role involves keeping shells, which is uh, short for the uh, studying history and archaeology in Lim. Uh, they, they will need to be able to keep the books, handling of gift aid, donations and presenting uh, the income and expenditure, preferably on Excel. Any person interested in taking on this role with the appropriate skills uh, and experience should contact Shao Chair, who is Rosemary Stutchbury on 01303 269 557. That's Rosemary Stutchbury on 01303 269 557. We've got an update from the Lim Fellowship, uh, and they are telling us the following a fascinating talk by Andrew Ashton about the artist Beryl Cook, once described by Victoria Wood as Rubens with jokes was thoroughly enjoyed by members at our meeting in January. While given the impression of being rather like those saucy postcards of the previous era, her skill and attention to detail caught everyone's imagination. We felt we could feel the softness of the fur on her coat, wanting those shoes and noticed little details in the background while laughing at the characters, their poses and expressions. If you haven't heard of her, take a look on berylcookprints.co.uk. Lim Fellowship normally meets in the afternoon on the second Thursday of the month with a programme of interesting and informative talks and activities. If you want any further information on the Lim Fellowship, you can contact Jill Page on 01303263756. That is Jill Page on 01303263756. Right, and now we're going to move on to our regular contributors. So that is the Lim Airfield History Society, the Kent Gardener, and studying history and archaeology in Lim. So where will we start this month? I know. Let us start with the archaeology in Lim. Uh, And what do they say? Here we are. We started this year again with our third discussion on memories of Lim which once more was lively and fascinating. The contribution ranged from individual residence finds, such as a sharpening stone, a metal drinking container for chickens, and an ancient 
speed. The group's most compelling memory was the fire which burnt down the primary school, highlighting the children's well-trained evacuation, the imaginative fire service's efforts to access a suitable water source to extinguish the fire, and the various temporary arrangements for the children until the new school was opened. Other residents mentioned the old Lim stores with a phone number, Lim 1, and a nearby property in an author worked from. The 2000 exhibition boards produced by Carol Edwards attracted much attention as a valuable reminder of Lim's past, as did a residence collection of Lim school group photos. For the 15th of February meeting, we shall have our own metal detectorists, Simon Reed and Andy Firefield, displaying and discussing their numerous finds discovered within our village. Our next uh, entry is from the Lim Airfield History Society, and this is written by John Simpson, who is the organiser of the society. Uh, and he says that the last meeting at Lim Castle had to be cancelled at short notice uh, due to COVID or, uh, of the castle staff. It is unclear, uh, he says, as he writes now, that whether they will be going ahead with the March the 1st presentation. But indications are brighter going forward. So contact John nearer the time for more details. They hope to bring the David Goldsmith's delayed presentation on limb personality, W.C. Hugh Kennard. So if you want to uh, um, any more details about the Airfield History Society, you can contact John Simpson on 01303 265078. That's 01303 265078. Or you can email John on johnsimpson43 at btinternet.com. And as always, John provides us with some uh, information from the archive. And this month he presents an account of a little known aviator to fly from Lim. Uh, and it goes as follows. Uh, it is titled The Flying Farmer from New Zealand, The Forgotten Flyer by John Simpson. In 1936, Jean Batten from New Zealand was internationally famous as a record-breaking solo pilot who had broken records for flying to Australia and Brazil. In autumn 1936, she was preparing to fly solo to her home country via Australia. It was her greatest ambition. The launch airfield would once again be Lim on the 5th of October. What Jean didn't know or she was not the only Kiwi aviator planning the same route. Leonard Ernold Clark, a 29-year-old sheep farmer from North Canterbury, New Zealand, was in England that summer on holiday with his widowed mother. They were in the UK to see his resident brother. Ernol, pronounced Ern Lee, I wish I'd read that when I started, as he was known, had learned to fly in New Zealand from 1934, and whilst in England, had bought himself a Percival Gull for G. ACUL. It was a slower and less powerful version of Jean's Gull 6. Oblivious of Jean's plans to make the same flight route, he had a long-range fuel tank added to his Gull at the Percival factory at Gravesend. Laidback Ernley had told very few people of his flight plans. He only had 100 hours flying experience, only five of which on the Gull. He was going home for the shearing season and had unsure navigational skills. Only in the first week of October would he become aware of Jean Batten's plans. So, on the 26th of October, after an overnight stay at the county members, Clark set off from Lim to make a near-identical flight to Amaka, New Zealand, 21 days later, and on to Wigram the same day. 
He would only be the second person after Gene Batten to make a UK to New Zealand flight and only the fifth to fly the Tasman Sea from Australia to New Zealand. On landing at Wingram, sorry, on landing at Wigram on November 15th, he was met by 20,000 people, but this shy character said little and shunned subsequent publicity. He made no more long-distance solo flights. The England-New Zealand record was made by Gene Batten three weeks earlier. He had made a credible second place, but that wouldn't have bothered him as he didn't see it as a competition. He continued to fly, however, and served as a squadron leader in the RAF Volunteer Reserve and the RNZAF in World War II, flying reconnaissance missions. He was awarded the DFC and mentioned in dispatches during this Air Force service. He died in 1964, aged 58. A nature reserve was named after him in the lower Kashmir area of New Zealand some years after his fleeting fame of 1936. Now, as I said before, if you want some more information about the Lim Airfield History Society, you can contact John, John Simpson, on 01303 265078, or you can email John on johnsimpson43 at btinternet.com. Next, we are going to find out how to get muddy in the garden from the Kent Gardener with some tips on what to do this month in the garden. By now, there are signs that spring is round the corner. With primroses appearing in sheltered spots and winter flowering shrubs perfuming the air. Split clumps of snowdrops and aconites once they finish flowering as they establish better in the green and bulk up more quickly. Keep an eye on recently planted shrubs and perennial etc. and firm in if frost lifts their roots and makes them unstable. Spread any spent compost from pots on bare soil. This will improve the texture and the worms will incorporate it. Summer flowering shrubs can be pruned now. First take out any dead branches. If you're not sure, gently scrape away a little bark. If it is brown, it is dead. If it is green, it is fine. Take out any branches that are crossing or rubbing against another and reduce the height if that is required. To renovate a shrub, take out a third of the oldest branches each year. After three years, the shrub will have recovered. Take wisteria side shoots back to two or three buds. Towards the end of the month, dahlias and gladioli can be started into growth for an earlier display in damp sand in a light warm place, but cannot be planted out until all the danger of frost is over. Hardy annuals and vegetable seeds can be sown in pots or trays on a light windowsill, but remember to keep turning the container to prevent leggy growth. Aluminium foil around the pot can be useful to direct light to the seedlings. Happy gardening. Well, as always, some excellent tips there. I think I might have a go. Next, we have a message from the Reverend Barry of St. Stephen's Church. You would never build a house on poor foundations. Well, not if you are sensible and informed. Heavy materials need a firm foundation of solid material to support your weight. If you care about your body, you will follow a healthy diet and a strict fitness regime. If you care about your mental well-being, you will again keep physically fit and avoid things that cause you too much stress. So what about your spiritual well-being? Well, we are by design spiritual beings with an ability to sense and communicate in instinctive ways. Christians recognise that we communicate with God spiritually. When Jesus ascended into heaven, as he promised, he sent the Holy Spirit to be our strength and to give wisdom and guidance. Also, to equip people to serve God in ways they never thought they could. My own experience of understanding faith and being able to do what I do is as a result of recognising how the Spirit of God works. 
it is critical for spiritual well-being as with physical and mental well-being to learn how to be healthy and like the building on a firm foundation our faith needs to set on a firm foundation as we look at ways to bring our communities together across Lim and saltwood all our initiatives must be set on a strong foundation and so we have set up in partnership with the living well the canterbury diocese center for healing and well-being a day's workshop on saturday the 26th of february 2022 this will be held in the Lads Club in Rectory Lane, Saltwood, between 10am and 4pm with lunch provided. Anyone who wishes to see how, through creative prayer and fellowship, we can improve the well-being of our churches, our communities and ourselves are welcome to come along. All this is in preparation to maximise our efforts in bringing people together so to achieve a community that works together for the greater good of everyone. Life is what we make it and we were made for each other. And so life is better when we create opportunities to be together. If you would like to attend the workshop, please email the Reverend Barry at rev.barry at iCloud.com. That's rev.barry at iCloud.com or carol at carol Eastel, that's E-A-S-T-E-L-L at iCloud.com. So carol.eastel at iCloud.com or you can sign up in one of the churches. And that's a message from Reverend Barry. Well, that's it for another month. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, please do get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can talk to us about actually anything at all relating to the uh, parish of Limp or the surrounding area. Tell us what you think of the podcast. I would be very pleased to uh, to hear from you. Um, it might help me make things a lot better. Anyway, who knows? So if you want to contact us, you can do that using the dedicated email address, which is greensheetpodcast at gmail.com. That's greensheetpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, greensheetpodcast, all lowercase letters. Uh, or you can, in fact, send us a voice message. Will you be the first one to do it? Please go on, have a go. You can do that by clicking the link in the description on this podcast. Anyway, just to say, I've been Jeff Lawrence. Thank you so much for listening and have a great month and we will see you next time. Bye.